The following podcast is an enticing media production. She is a business owner, best-selling author, and on a mission to find out what the Nell is going on here. Here's your host, Nail Tice. Oh my gosh, you guys. I am so happy to have my guest on today, Mr. Dustin Johnson. Dustin is someone that I did not know, and we had literally met on Facebook a couple of weeks ago. We exchanged maybe a total of six messages back and forth about scheduling for this podcast interview and what he would want to talk about. So we pretty much agreed to not have a plan and just go in and and meet each other for the first time during our interview. And I got to tell you, I could have stayed talking to him for like six more hours. It was just... His story is incredible and inspiring, and I, that's what I love doing on this podcast. I've really had some incredible people on, and I'm so grateful for them sharing their stories and being vulnerable with us because I think that we could use a lot of that, a lot more of that in this world. So a couple of quick reminders before we get into the interview. Um, I have some speaking engagements coming up that I would love, love, love to see you at. Uh, The first one is in Hershey, Pennsylvania, October 14th. It is called the Slaymaker Success Summit. It's the first ever kind, first ever event of this kind in this area in central Pennsylvania, hosted by the Slaymaker Method, which I am a part of as a coach. I'm proud to be a part of it. So we're going to have some amazing speakers. Lunch will be provided, uh, opportunities for networking. It'll be a fantastic time. So uh, purchase tickets in through one of the links below in the description to this episode. And the next event coming up this year, uh, I will be at the M event in Cincinnati, Ohio in November. So once we get closer to that date, I will provide all of that information And then lastly, for this year, I'll be at the Slay Your Life event in Las Vegas in December. Again, closer to the time, I will give you more information about that. So that's it for this year. Next year, we've got some exciting events as well. So without further ado, for now, uh, I introduce to you my guest for today, Dustin Johnson. He is a fitness coach. Uh, He's also a speaker. He does have a podcast as well with his wife, Tanya. It's called Dustin and Tanya. Uh, He is just, it's just amazing talking to him. He is a big believer in God and everything that God has done for him. Uh, He (laughs) literally said to me that he just enjoys breathing. He loves spreading the word, the message about his life, his story, and helping other people. And he ends every Facebook post with the words, spread love never settles. So on that note, here he is, Mr. Dustin Johnson. Oh my gosh, Dustin Johnson, the Dustin Johnson. I am so happy to have you on my podcast. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's a trip. We were literally just talking. We weren't even friends until like, I don't know, seven minutes ago on Facebook. <laughs> we got we got linked up through some messenger stuff and we've been talking for a week or two or, or however long. And it's funny how this stuff works. Like you always line up with exactly who you're supposed to line up with, even if your friends are not. 
even yeah. if you're friends or not like we weren't even friends and here no. we are we literally just had a 10 minute conversation that could have been recorded and used <laughs> forever you know what i mean like it's just how it works you're so right about that you know it this world is crazy and it just it pays to you know just connect just open up and and get out there and just message somebody and so we did we've been talking back and forth a couple of weeks you know trying to schedule this and literally had never even spoken voice to voice until 10 minutes ago. So yeah, I I am just, I'm enthralled. We were just talking about how, you know, we, well, we (laughs) talked about many things, the scarcity mindset. We talked about how whatever gets recorded is meant to be recorded and how we were linked up. And so we're going to get into all of that, but I, I want to know your story. Like, who are you and what do you do? Oh, man. So I am actually a personal trainer um, for nutrition and fitness. I work out of a gym in Frisco, Texas. Um, Yeah. And so uh, my wife and I literally moved to Frisco in January. We we so yeah, we sold everything we owned in December of 2017 and traveled all of 2018, 2019, most of 2020 and most of 2021. Are you serious? So yeah, so um, I worked, I built bridges for the railroad from 28, uh, well, 2006 to 2020 when I left. Um, and they always paid for us to travel. You know, we always had to go from motel to motel building, building railroad tracks. And so in 2018, my wife finally decided to come with me and we got down to six totes worth of stuff and literally loaded up whatever fit in our pickup. Like that was what we called it. Like if it don't fit, if it don't fit, it don't ship, like throw it away, (laughs) get rid of it. it. So we got down to six totes worth of stuff. We packed up into my truck and all of 2018, we traveled to 25 different states uh, like 56 different motels, uh, oh 33,000 miles we drove in that year. But ultimately, like it, it was just the sum of the, the previous lives before that, like everything had just added up. When I yeah. met her, I was part of the railroad and I had traveled. And so for the first 10 years of our marriage, she wasn't even with me. Like I would literally be home for like 24 to possibly 48 hours. And then I would be back on the road. And so we did that for like, close to 10 years so the last three years yeah she decided to roll with me and like we just you know obviously we went through problems 2012 she had a hysterectomy for endometriosis Mm. uh i went to treatment for drug rehab i was taking 6,000 milligrams prescription pills a day (laughs) so i mean i I was the president of a motorcycle club i was smoking three packs of cigarettes a day like so that's why i let in with today i'm a fitness physical fitness trainer like i literally was the very opposite of who i am today i I used to have so much nicotine on my fingers that i would use a a clorox wipes to like wipe the gold color i smoked three packs a day so this was in 2012 when i left treatment we were in debt we were both depressed we were you know beat down i was 260 pounds like we were miserable and from there it was like yo we need to do something differently so we started working out we started eating better like a little bit at a time when i say working out i mean like you know we were working out with jimmy quit like push-ups and sit-ups and pull-ups in the garage because like we couldn't afford to go to a gym and the little town we lived in didn't have a gym so we just started working out like anybody can work out it's totally free and we owed everybody else money so it was like yeah we'll just just do what we can in the garage yeah. so from there it was like eat a little bit better drink less soda 
drink less this, do less that year after year after year. And here we are a decade later and like we've done bodybuilding shows. We've done, you know, like we've lived in a bus for four years and like it's crazy. So 2018, 2019, we literally traveled with the railroad. 2020 hit and I was I was done with the railroad. So we we had an online nutrition and fitness company that me and her ran. Mm -hmm. And I literally built a school bus into a, a tiny home. Oh and so, yeah, we hit the road and was doing awesome, doing, having fun, doing it all up. And obviously the coronavirus hit. Yeah. So when it hit, it started getting really weird because we were living in a bus and states were getting weird with state lines and all that. So we had a good friend in Utah that wanted to start an apparel company. And so we helped him start an apparel company. And 11 months later, it was making like $4.5 million what? in 11 months. Yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. And so we were like, we're at the end of our time here. We need to roll. And so my wife and I took off back in the bus and we basically went on a 10 city tour. Uh, we did a bunch of, we did 10 cities, 10 stops, 10 parks. We did free nutrition and fitness seminars. Uh, literally just breathe life into people, spread love. Oh like gosh. I was so tired of the health restrictions and health and I just wanted yeah. to teach people how to be health like eat good healthy food right. drink water type of stuff right, right. I'm not going to get into all that but <laughs> obviously like so we did free free nutrition seminars free workouts in these parks so we went from Salt Lake City Utah to Pensacola Florida to San Diego California oh my gosh. and in San Diego California we decided to move to Frisco Texas and so when we left San Diego on December 18th we got here on December 21st and we got our apartment on December 30th. And here we are. <laughs> wow. Um, I, I'm literally speechless. That is an incredible story. Incredible. <laughs> I mean, so, oh, literally. Wow. Yeah. So oh. along the way, the only part that I missed out was, well, two parts. Um, when we went through Dallas, I ended up going to this church thing and it was a church I'd never been to with people I didn't know at a mega church in, in Frisco, Texas. Yeah. There was 400 men there. It was called warrior night. And I was like, yo, that's like right up my alley. Right. right? I'm a big tattooed guy, like warriors, <laughs> you know, motorcycle, like whatever, like let's do it, you know? Yeah. So I go in there and I, I gotta be honest. Like I didn't really know God or Jesus at the time. It was not like what I was doing. It was like, maybe that's something cool, but I don't really know about it at all. Right. And it ended up literally getting called out at church by the pastor he literally points at me and he says what is your name and i said dustin and he just starts he's like dustin i feel like god's got you out on a really long journey right now and i was like yeah you could say that he Whoa. said i feel like i feel like you've given up everything to chase your dreams and i was like yeah man i live in a school bus and it was like holy cow and he's like you know <laughs> i feel like i feel like he just kept speaking over me and i'm like how does this guy know who i am i have no clue who it is you know yeah. And he said, Dustin, come down here and, and stand with me. So he talked over me for a little bit and he just looked at me and he said, have you ever given yourself to Christ? And I was like, nah. -uh. And he said, well, today's the day. So right there, I, I, I was saved. I gave myself to Christ. Um, the following weekend, literally my wife and I got baptized. Oh my gosh. And one, one month and like 10 days later, I sat down and wrote a 186 page book in 48 hours. What? That was that was the second part. The first part was that I met God. The second part was that I wrote a book in the meantime. 
other than that, like I live a pretty boring life. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, I can really believe that. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that yeah. I would have the tenacity to read a hundred eighty-six page book in forty-eight hours, let alone write one. Yeah, and I, by write, I mean I typed it. Like I, I was old school, wasn't like speaking to a microphone and, and right. Yeah, so on November fifth, I sat down to write it. November seventh, I was done writing it. November twelfth, my editor had it, and on December twenty-first, we dropped it, and it became an Amazon bestselling. Uh, I became an Amazon bestselling author. I, um, yeah, I, <laughs> I don't know any words in my vocabulary that I could use to ultimately describe how motivational, inspirational, incredible this story is. And I, you know what, I, can I just say thank you, God, for your existence? Yeah, for sure. All glory to him, man. He's he's a part of all of this. Yeah, yeah. So that I was, you know, doing the preliminary Facebook stalking um, sure. before we recorded. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You ten know, minutes probably. <laughs> ten, yes, ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I I came across the the love that you have for God and Jesus, and you know, how do you think that God has really helped you? along the journey before you even realized it oh man so yeah like as we look back i'm a reflective type of person i like to look back and like even as i say this and you're like odd i feel like my life's going really slow like, i like to say 100 miles an hour and yeah. and when i started rolling with god it was like 100 miles an hour in slow motion so now i feel oh. like we're like uh you know, like I just want to go. I, I'm a person that just wants to like 100 miles an hour, and, yeah. and obviously there's a season for that. And, and right now, it's it's funny that you ask because my season right now is stillness, and that's what he continues to tell me is just be still, just yeah. sit still, just just chill out. Like I know who you are, I know what you can do. Relax yeah. though, because you have been running 100 miles an hour for 37 years. Yeah. And so when you when you ask like how has he been with man, I I literally like you're not going to believe this i literally have never been arrested i've been handcuffed one time i've never went to jail i've never even been to court the biggest thing i ever got was a speeding ticket i've never had a cavity i've never had a broken bone i've never uh i still have 2020 vision like when you oh, talk gosh. about god being in my like i played sports crazy sports my whole life i was yeah. bmx skateboard like i've done everything that you can like cuts and bruises and scrapes and all that stuff but yeah. like when you ask me how God is a part of my life, like I, he has me wrapped up in bubble wrap. I just never knew it. <laughs> yeah. You just never yeah. had the chance to kind of tune in or meet somebody that yeah. like informed you of your connection yeah. that you had. hundred percent. So basically what happened at church that night for me was like, basically what I heard in my head was like, look, man, you've been, you've been doing this on your own, like running as hard as you can for 36 years would you like a different way? And I was like, I'm tired. I'm beat down. Yeah. I'm wore out. Excuse me. If there's a different way, mm -hmm. I'm going to try it. Like worst case scenario is I can go back to my own way. Right. Right. But it was like, let, let me give you another option. Let me show you maybe what you could do if you walk with me. And I was just like, I surrendered. Oh, what oh do I need gosh. to do? I can yeah. almost feel this radiating off of you. <laughs> yeah, that's good. It's so powerful. That's good because I'm trying to tap into that. Yes, yes. We talked about that yeah. too in our very, I'm yeah. realizing yeah, very yeah. full conversation before we actually hit record. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so you're, you're, 
you've mentioned that you're tapping into, you know, the connection and the mindfulness uh, spiritually within yourself. And so tell me, where are you on, on your journey with that? So like I, I've lost myself several times, you know, I've, I've, I've almost committed suicide. I've like, I've, I've had a, I've had a tough run at it. Right. Wow. On my own, like my, my own choosing, like, I'm not mm-hmm. complaining. I'm not like, it, it, it's beautiful now that I get to reflect. Right. Yeah. But like in the process of becoming in the process of getting to what I wanted, mm-hmm. I lost who I was. So the, what, I lost who. And so I've had to give up. I've got to give up a bunch of the what's, which was the fancy cars and, and all these things. Like it's not for me yet. Yeah. But along that journey of like, man, I want that and I want that, it caused me to push and pull a lot at 100 miles an hour. So yeah. it was, you know, always striving, always more. Like you said earlier, I could never go to bed okay with what I got done today because mm-hmm. it was like, man, I'm still not where I want to be. I still got so much more to do. I still, and so when God said for me to like, yo, be still for a minute, like you got some healing you need to do. You need to be quiet. Like you, you've proved everybody what you can do. You've shown that you are who you say you are. Now it's like, take a deep breath because what we're going to do next is going to be even more wild. So diving into who I am, like, number one, I'm a, I'm a son of God. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, but, but there's, there's also what I like to call, or what I've realized lately is like, there's, you know, people say, oh, rich people, they are whatever. Right. right? Or, or, so I believe there's three things that make you more emphasized into who you are. So one of them is fame. One of them is money. And one of them is alcohol. They all prove who you really are, right? Yeah, so, oh so when people say when people say rich people are assholes, <laughs> no, 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 you got that all wrong. You got right, it all wrong. Right? They were that before they had money. Then mm-hmm. when they had money, it just accentuated it, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. when I say I'm digging in on who I am, like you said earlier, like I can almost feel your energy. I can feel your love. Like mm-hmm. I am love. I am a healer. People naturally come to me. People naturally let their walls down and let their guard down and literally will open up on things. And like, sometimes I'm standing on the inside. I'm like, holy cow, why are they telling me this? But I'm just like, oh yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's very, it's it's what God created me for. I'm just like figuring out what he's wanting me to do with it and where we're supposed to go with it. And of course I want to go a hundred miles an hour. So it's like, cool, man, just download it. Let's go. Like we got so many people to help. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Like back to Mm -hmm. self. And I I realized that self is like right here. And it's such a guiding Mm -hmm. point. Like when you start to listen to right here, no, in everything that you do, it's like, oh, okay. This is a little easier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. 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 It's. It's just amazing. I, yeah, we did talk about how people could just come to you and you were questioning, you know, why, why do people come to me? And I, I questioned that too. And I mentioned that I feel like a bartender sometimes where yeah. people will just come to me and even if they don't know me, they just open up and start telling me about things that are confidential. And right. I mean, that's a, that's a trust too people trust your energy and what you put out there. And it, that's, that's not easy for people to do. So that is a power that you yeah. have. And yeah. to be able to have that 
power and harness that energy is incredible. So I, I'm just, yeah, I'm in all, <laughs> but yeah. I want to go, I want to go back to when you mentioned that you were traveling in a bus for yeah. four years. Yeah. So 2018 and 19, we were in and out of motels oh, right. with the railroad right at the end, like 2019 to 2020. And like a, about a year total, we lived in our bus. Okay. Actually. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So you're speaking my language because my husband and I are, so we started following a lot of travel vloggers on YouTube, probably sure. 2018, 2019. And yeah. we came across a channel called the nomadic movement where oh, yeah. they lived in a bus and did the whole yeah. thing. And we're just so respectful and just enamored by these people that take everything they have sell it off or donate or do whatever they do with it, dwindle down to the bare necessities, live in a tiny space with another human being. And especially yeah. after you said your wife didn't come along with you on all of your travels. And then right. all of a sudden, one day she started coming along. Tell me about that transition. I mean, going from hardly ever seeing each other to, to spending every day together in a confined space. That's yes, incredible. So it helped that we started with motels first because that was like the break in but obviously you're talking like the size of a living room right right uh, most hotels um the big thing was i'm just going to be honest with you 2017 um was a hard year for us yeah. we uh we because she had a hysterectomy mm -hmm. and of several different situations yeah. we were in love but emotionally physically hormonally we yeah. were on opposite ends of the spectrum mm -hmm. and so she had no need for sex mm -hmm. and i as a man had the need for sex yeah yeah and so one thing that her and i've done we just celebrated 13 years of marriage and when you ask how do i know god is with us god kept us together through the whole thing trust me oh um, my gosh thank you. Yeah. yeah so we i literally sat her down and was like hey we need to have a talk and she was like okay and I said, like, I have needs and you're not able to fulfill. I said, we need to figure something out together that we can both be okay with. She yeah. was like, okay. So we literally lined up this whole plan that I was going to be with this other woman while I was on the road. And then when I came home, I was going to be married to her. And yeah. so we just agreed that we would just slowly speak on it. And, and however it went, always tell the other one exactly what was happening. Wow. And so like the first week, it was like, okay, this is what's going to happen. Okay, this is what happened. The next week was like, okay, this is what's going to happen. And this is what happened. And the third week, it was like the, this was going to be the week. Like, you know, you could pretty much tell something's going to happen type of deal. Right. And so I left for work and that was the expectation. And about an hour into my drive to work, I got a text message from her that said, whatever you do, you don't go through with it. And I, wow. I was like, okay. I just said, okay. Yeah. And she felt that she was going to crush me, that I was going to be upset. And for me, it was the text message that saved our marriage because then it was like, she wanted in the fight. Yeah. She wanted like to be a part of it. I know we have problems, but now you at least want to put a foot in the fight and, and yeah. stick with it. Right. And so literally all of 2018 was like date night every day. Like wow. we went on everything that we could like, 
money wise like we just like yo let's go here let's go check out this place let's go out to dinner let's go have this let's go do that like we, you know national parks and waterfall yeah. hikes and all the things like we literally when you're in 25 different states you can <laughs> pick and choose all you know what i mean so yeah. that was literally all of 2018 was that year where we went from kind of like okay we're done with the burnt down burned up life like yeah. now let's rebuild our relationship let's rebuild our lives and yeah. so we literally got to really really hone in on who we were as a couple you know each individual and since then like her and I have worked so diligently on ourselves yeah. as well as as a couple mm -hmm. that like I don't I don't want anything else like you know, I, my parents are going to celebrate 50 years of marriage this year, but they haven't slept in the same room for 30 years. Right. Like, that's not the same for me. Right. I, I, I want to roll. I want to do everything with my wife. And if you yeah. follow me, like you'll be like, they work out together. They eat together. They sleep together. They travel together. Like that's yeah. us. Yeah. And I believe that that's so much because the first 10 years we didn't do it. And now when we sit down, like, what is your ideal day or what is your ideal life? my ideal day or life is like, I want to, I want to travel the world with my wife and I want to yeah. spread love and help people. Like that's my ideal life, but I want my wife by my side all the time. Cause she's yeah. my best friend. She's, she's everything, yeah. but it literally took us getting down to six totes worth of stuff. When you remove everything and including your curling iron and all like, <laughs> you get, you get down to just the two of you. And that's yeah. so like, when you ask about getting back to self, like when you get down to nothing, you don't have anything else. Like yeah. you start to find out who you are and that's, that's like, we're, we're in such a world of like stuff and things and more people and more noise and more chaos and more, all this stuff, right? Yeah. The yeah. faster you peel all that back, I'm just going to say that the simpler you make your life, yeah. the easier and less chaotic life is. So when it comes to your health, when it comes to your spirituality, when it comes to your marriage, all of it, like when you remove, basically when you remove the world, you get the world back, if yeah. that makes sense. It makes so much sense. It makes an incredible amount of sense. Um, I So the minimalistic spirit of, of what you guys did, it's just, you know, obviously divorce rates are incredibly high. And it's just what you talked about is the actual epitome of working through the greatest challenge, one of the greatest challenges of your lives, I'm sure. And, you know, it makes, but it really puts things into perspective. You know, when, so my husband and I, actually the opposite kind of happened for us. We started working together about four years ago at the same company. And, you know, we saw each other every day. It was a small company. It was like a handful of employees. And when I decided to go full time with our business at the beginning of this year, all of a sudden, we didn't see each other every day and we had that separation. And I think that really took its toll because we were so used to making decisions together every day, seeing each other every second and being so involved in each other's lives that it was, it became incredibly difficult to figure out how to survive together at home. And it's just, yeah, I don't know how else to put it other than you just sit down, you communicate, you let God, or if you believe in the universe or any sort of higher power, help you through that. And I think a lot of a lot of the reason why we don't survive some of these things is because we don't let go of control. 
control is one thing, communication is the other. Those are the two C's that will kill you, right? (laughs) So ultimately, when it comes to control, all you really control is your thoughts, the way you act, and your attitude behind them. That's literally all you control. You don't control anything else. Yeah. You might think you're behind the steering wheel. You might think, no, 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 no. Like there's crazy things that happen all the time on the road. So the way you think, obviously, the more you change that to a positive attitude, mm-hmm. the way you act when something happens, like all those things, that's really all you control. Yeah. But when it comes to communication, I think the biggest thing that gets missed is like, oh, hey, how was your day? Like, that's not communication. Right. Like being open and vulnerable. Like I've literally shared my deepest, darkest stuff with you in a matter mm-hmm. of 15 minutes because yeah. I have learned how to communicate what's on my heart, what's on my mind and what actually needs to be said, not the like fluffy stuff all around it. Right. right. So most people like we literally like I was going to sleep with another woman, but I first sat my wife down to discuss like how we were going to do this. So that was communication at its finest point. And it literally came down to from there, we were able to build off of that. And we still have crazy conversations about stuff that people would get divorced about because we had a conversation about it, like (laughs) crazy stuff. You know what I'm saying? But because we've gotten vulnerable with each other, because we've been willing to like, take one on the chin and literally say, what do you really feel right now? Like what's happening inside? Like literally communicate what's going on. Mm -hmm. We, we don't know how to communicate as individuals Mm -hmm. and as sure as crap, aren't willing to like share. We're more willing to get to the bottom of a bottle, take another pill, smoke (laughs) another joint, work another hour, do another exercise. We're more willing to do all that stuff to avoid having the conversation that says, look, our sex life sucks and we need to do something about it because I have needs, you have needs. And ultimately we need to fix those needs together um, or this isn't going to work out. And so it's like, when you remove that, or this isn't going to work out and you're like, okay, this is what's going on. Let's talk about it. Like that's true communication. Like that's true love. We get stuck in love being this cupidy, like weird, the dude that shoots the arrow. No, no, no. Like love is <laughs> love is like, yo, you got something in your teeth. Hey, your zipper's down. Hey, I yeah. noticed that like, this is how things have been going. Like, let's talk about what's really going on. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's true love. And when you can dig in with each other and like literally help each other get down to the bottom of stuff, mm-hmm. like, that's, that's communication. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think you're absolutely right. Communication isn't just words. Yeah. Words that have real, no real meaning. Like, how was your day? Right. Or, you know, what do you think about this? Or it, 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 and I honestly, I just posted about this on Facebook yesterday about the honesty in friendships and relationships and how toxic positivity plays a role in, in a lot of that. So, you know, it's not just about a friend telling you, hey, that top's not really flattering when you're getting ready to go out to dinner. It's yeah. about, you know, hey, something you said to me the other day didn't sit well with me. Let's why, you know, where did that come from? How, how did that pop into your mind? Why did you say that? And it's getting to the bottom of your actual feelings. And so many people are afraid of that. I didn't grow up that way. I didn't, you know, I grew up in a, there's no crying in baseball household. (laughs) Sure. Absolutely. Everybody did. Yeah, exactly. And I think that maybe that was just a part of our generation. I don't know, but it's time to change that. Do you believe that if we got deeper and more meaningful with our, our communication, that the world could truly be a better place? 
A hundred percent. That's literally like, I love having these. I told you when you text Mm -hmm. me, like, is there anything you want to talk about? I said, I want to have deep conversations. Yeah. I don't have time. Like, listen, we're in the middle of a virus. We're in the middle of a pandemic. We're in the stock markets down. The housing market's Mm -hmm. absolutely insane. There's all these things going on. And if I say, Hey, how are you doing? And your answer is good. I know you're a liar. Yeah. And I don't mean that negatively. No, I'm just saying like, you can't honestly say like, oh, things are good. Things are good in my life because I don't pay attention to none of that. But you get what I'm saying. Like every time you ask somebody, hey, how are you doing? The answer is, oh, I'm good. And it's like, no, you're not. Yeah, I know you're not because nobody is like there's 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 so much heaviness right now in the world. Like, let's talk about what's really happening. Let's mm-hmm. talk about like, why are why is there 78 different sexes now or whatever uh, genders? Like, yeah. no, there's two. Right. But it's like, when you think about that, like there's so much confusion, there's so much chaos, there's so much going on. We're just so lost Mm -hmm. that it's because nobody's willing to talk about the real life stuff, period. No, it's, that's so true. Um, so yeah, I, we definitely agreed to talk about the deeper meaning of things. And I, I came across your podcast with, uh, your wife. Uh, oh, yeah, the yeah. one about how God helped your marriage. Oh um, yeah. That was like one of our best podcasts. I know. I was, <laughs> I was incredibly inspired. I was texting friends. I was like, you guys need to listen to this podcast. You really do. Oh, thank you. <laughs> but you know, I, it's funny because, and I never, ever talk about this. Sure. My husband would literally because I see how he does things for me I see the way he looks at me and you know there was a particular occasion on Saturday night that he did something for me that I was like you know what no one would ever do that and I don't I obviously I'm independent I think that I can do many uh, things on my own I'm very capable but without my husband I just don't know where I would be sure how so where do you do you how do you think that your wife has played a role in everything that you've done and would you be anywhere differently if you weren't married oh man i'd be dead number one Mm. she was literally the one that when i i i started withdrawing in 2012 and i literally about three days into it i told her i'm either gonna go rob the pharmacy or or i need to go get help and she Mm. said i I think it's time to go get help like i was in trouble i I was in a ton of trouble you know about a month before that i I could have easily got arrested i'm literally almost shattered a sheriff's windshield like yeah yeah, yeah. heavy stuff um yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she was, she, so a lady that we coached with the other day told us like, Tanya is so moldable. And what she meant by that is like, I am a person who like gets something and we just go. And she literally just kind of like, we both just learn how to mold to that. Like I was never brought up in motorcycle clubs or I was never brought up in drugs or alcohol, but like you just mold into that and that's who you become. Right. Yeah. And so fitness, like I I played sports and stuff, but I didn't know nothing about it. We just molded into that and that's who we become or what we become. Mm -hmm. Right. Along the way, we've learned that we've lost ourselves becoming all of these what's, but as we become back to who and we still do stuff. Now it's like, what do we bring to everything that we do? Right. And what what is our value? What is our worth? Because now we know like, yo, I've done this and this and we've made it through this and we've made it through that. Now it's like, yo, this is who we are. Yeah. And when we come, to, when we walk into a room, you know that Dustin and Tanya are in the room because we, we established that. So without her, 
I'm, I'm less than half. Like, you know, it's 50, 50. No, no, no. Like without her, I'm like 10%. And without me, I feel like she's like 10%. But when you put us together, we're like 500%. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love hearing that. I do. That's, that's, uh, so many marriages, so many relationships are so surface so surface and it's heart that's heartbreaking because you really just when you do the work and dive a little deeper you can just have so much more and i think that a lot of people are lacking in that area and i'm i'm heartbroken for them for sure but uh the other day when we were texting back and forth you said that you literally just enjoy breathing so yeah yeah (laughs) um Going a little bit back to the minimalism. So your apartment and things, do you feel the same way about a minimalistic lifestyle now that you're a little more settled? Do you, how do you, because things, I honestly, there's like feng shui and, you know, things around your home and things, stuff like that. How do you feel about stuff in the house? Everything is temporary. <laughs> yeah. Everything is temporary. Yeah. And, and And I mean that. And so for me, like, we got this apartment and it's like, I'm literally looking at stuff and it's like, I would just throw that away. I would just throw that. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's not that it's bad stuff. It's just like the bus is still downstairs and that, yeah. that, that tour is not over yet. Yeah. And so, you know, like we'll be back in the bus. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll travel in the bus again without a doubt. But when it boils down to it, like when you talk simple, like even this, I literally yeah. own black t-shirts. I own just one color t-shirt with nothing on them. I don't wear other people's logos. I don't do that. Not because I don't appreciate my friends or their apparel companies or anything like that. I have earth tone clothes and Mm -hmm. I also wear like some crazy colored stuff just because it like adds color to life. Yeah. But everything I have is simple. A black t-shirt goes with anything. A gray sweatshirt goes with anything. I have, I have Jordan shoes, right? Everybody wants a pair of Jordans my Jordans are even camo so that they'll go with anything. Like, so what we do, right. Mm -hmm. We've learned so much about living with so little that like most stuff has a dual or triple purpose, Yeah, you know, like, and so it's, it's literally figuring out what you need Mm -hmm. because simplicity really means the removal of needs. Mm -hmm. So the more things you can remove that you claim you need, the simpler your life gets. And that, like I said earlier, that comes down to your health. That comes down to your well-being. That comes down to everything that you do. Simplicity is the key to life, I believe. Mm-hmm. We're not taking anything with us. Like right. you ain't taking your amazing farmhouse kitchen table with six to, it's not going with you, yeah. right? All you're taking with you is your experiences. All you're taking with you is you know, what, whatever you have on your body, the day that you die, like that's when you die. Right. Mm-hmm. But when it boils down to it, simplicity is just the removal of needs. And we're mm-hmm. such a needy society. <laughs> gotta have this. And I gotta have that. And I gotta have this. And I gotta have that. What we have found is every time that we get down to less, mm-hmm. I feel so much more. I yeah. feel more, ab- I feel more abundant. I feel more alive. I feel less weighted down. Mm-hmm. I feel less stressed out. I feel like because I simplified it, even like when you think about food, like you probably only eat like 10 or 12 different foods, right? <laughs> yeah. Literally. Like yeah. if you go to Chick, you go to Chick-fil-A, you get a number one. If you go to this place, you get a number five. If you make this at home, you make the same six meals, you do the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. 
And so when you tell somebody like, oh, make it simple, like, oh, I couldn't do that. And then you start to look at what they do. They already do simple. They just don't realize it. But when you start to really dive into like, how many pairs of shoes do do you need? So you're going to say like three. Okay. I'll give you five. Like if you want five pairs of shoes, but that's it. That's all you get is five pairs of shoes. Right. And so like a lot of what we do is like when something wears out or you get something new, like say you bought me a sweatshirt today i would literally say thank you so much this is a beautiful sweatshirt i appreciate it i will bring it in here i would set it on the table and i'd go into my closet and i'd pick another sweatshirt and i'd pull it off the hanger and i'd give it to someone else yeah because then you like you don't i don't have more i just got the sweatshirt that you gave me now yeah you see what i'm saying so like when you talk about simplifying like Mm -hmm. we used to call it a weekend and wednesday we had 10 days worth of clothes Mm-hmm. seven days plus three a weekend and wednesday that was all we had for close yeah and it seems so like oh you didn't have anything well if you got two red shirts and one green shirt like you can make mix and match and it looks cool or whatever but it's like you have 400 less choices to make as well so that automatically mm-hmm. is simpler in your life yes yeah <laughs> i've been researching minimalism for the past few years and the pandemic really made me think about what I actually needed. And now I didn't have a job where I needed to wear a blazer every day or have my makeup done every day. So I, I've never really been incredibly invested in a lot of the stuff like, you know, the clothing and the beauty and, and all of that. Yeah. I'm a girl. I own a straightener and a curling iron, but it, I really began to think about what simplifying my life would look like because obviously when we were all at home we weren't going out we were doing everything from zoom because and you know right now all i need to worry about is from the shoulders up i don't need to worry about what's on my feet and so then you really think do i really need that and lately i've been really into um figuring out where i can take some things to donate and and things like that that's how we started yeah yeah, and it's we a started, process. Oh, it took us an entire year. It took us all of 2017 to get down the first time. Yeah. And what we would do is we would just go into a room mm-hmm. and put a tote, and that yeah. tote would be in there. And then, like every time you walk past something like, oh, I don't need that anymore, you would just put it in a tote. Yeah. And then whenever that tote got full, we would just take the tote, the mm-hmm. lid, and everything inside of it and drop it off at Goodwill. Yeah. And they'd be like, oh, you want the tote? Like, nope, that's donated now. <laughs> yeah. And then we would, you know, put another tote out. Yeah. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a really it's an amazing feeling, obviously, because you've freed up some space that now is full of of air and space that you never had. But yeah. you're also helping other people, and sure. it's it feels really good. And I think I'm gonna continue down that path. So thank you yeah. for uh, solidifying that for me. But now I, I I think that's always why we really um, resonated with these van lifers and the people that just dwindled down and traveled all over the world with barely anything is because, and we consider doing that. We still consider doing that occasionally because we love to travel. Sure. And, you know, there is definitely an allure to just only having what you need. (laughs) Yeah. And it, you know, like it, it, it's hard, like, like, Oh man, you see something and it's so cool and you want it. And it's like, I look at my, I like the last time I was at my parents' house, there's two of them. They're retired. Like it's two of them. They have plates yeah. that are stacked. That's like 80 some plates. We have four. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I have four plates, four spoons, four forks, four cups. That's it. That's all yeah. we need. We don't need any more than that. 
Right. But it's like, we just, because, oh, I got this takeout bowl and that ticket. It's like, no, like yeah. all you need is what you need, right? Everything yeah. outside of that is like this weird hold on to thing. And well, what if we need it someday? We're like, well then go buy one when you need it that day or whatever <laughs> that is. You know yeah. what I mean? But like so many, like, listen, storage units and totes, like, people don't even use their garages on their houses anymore because they're full of stuff that they don't even use. And it's just like, it's crazy. So when I say simplify, like, man, get all that out of your house and like, breathe that air in like, oh man. Yeah. Do you think that um, this is kind of how I look at it sometimes is that people with so much stuff use it as an emotional clutch or kind of like that teddy bear to sleep with at night. It's something to hold on to something that has fond memories um, you know, I recently came across something that I wore when I was in high school. I graduated high school 20 years ago. I am realistic in the sense that even if I weighed the same amount, it wasn't going to fit me the way it did. And it's also right. probably not in style, but it's hard to part with because I remember the places that I went or who I was with. Do you think that a lot of it, of a lot of it is emotional attachment and it's hard to get rid of? So I have an opinion on this. I believe yeah. that I believe that my parents' parents were part of the depression. So they they literally learned to have yes. nothing. Yeah. So when they got because they would have been children when they got out of the depression, their mm-hmm. parents held on to everything yeah. because then it was like, oh wow, we we lived with nothing, so now we want something. Which mm-hmm. then we started buying plates called china. And you were like, oh, look, we have something, right? And it's really pretty. And then we decided to buy these hutches to put China into and store them so that you could tell all the people that came to your house how beautiful that was. Well, the China hutch was the beginning, was the first tote, right? So now it's like, I buy the stuff so that I can put it into it. And then Mm -hmm. I can say that I have stuff. So then they pass it down to my parents. Like my parents have all kinds of stuff. And it's like, you know, totes full of stuff and stuff from when I was a kid. Like, yo, that was 30 years ago. Like, we don't need that anymore. I know, but maybe one day. And so you can tell that that got passed down. Like maybe one day we'll need that. Well, they did 80 years ago. We don't need it anymore. Right. But they got that passed down. So then from there, it lend into totes. And then now, now it's storage units. Now it's garages. It's like we just continue to pass down. And then you get these family heirlooms. And it's like, oh, you're supposed to take your mom's china. Like, I don't <laughs> throw that off the freaking balcony. I don't care about that. It doesn't mean anything to me. Right. But it's yeah. like, well, that's nice stuff. Like, no, it's not. It's 2022. No one cares about that <laughs> stuff anymore. You know what I'm saying? And so yes. like, th- then, then you have this weird guilt trip, like, oh, I'm supposed to have my family's heirlooms, this handmade doll from 1870, like, nobody even knows what that is, I like, quit it. But we've, we've held on to stuff. And, and I think it, that's where it started. Yeah. And now, like, literally, it's a billion dollar industry with storage yeah. units and garages and stuff and Walmart, like, there's just stuff everywhere, because yeah. we can't let go of it. We've been taught that we need stuff in case one day. Yeah, you're right. And when you mentioned that the hutch was the original tote, First tote. I, you're absolutely correct. It literally just dawned on me. I'm thinking, you know, it's crazy because, you know, hutches have glass fronts and yeah. it's literally to show off the beauty of the things that you have. Yeah. It, it's just, it's wild when you look at it from that perspective. The funny thing is, is the quality of stuff that you bought from the china hutch down mm-hmm. got less and less so you didn't put a glass cover on it anymore you put a plastic lid over it 
so that nobody could see what was inside of your tote, right? Yeah. Oh and then, my gosh. Then, then you move to a storage unit with a steel door because it's like, man, I don't want everybody to see that I got 812 plastic totes in here. So you close the steel door of this storage unit. Like next thing you know, we're gonna be buying shopping centers to put all your stuff in to store it away or whatever. Like it's crazy. Oh my gosh, you're so right. It, it's, it, you know, did you ever watch Friends? Uh, not at really. Any point? So Friends, uh, there was an episode where Monica, she is known as being a clean freak and her new husband Chandler finds out that she has a closet. One of those closets mm. where she literally stuffs everything in and if you open the door, it's all going to fall out. Right. And it was shocking to him to find this out about her because she has this persona of being such a clean person. But I think that that closet is something that everybody has. And even bigger forms of it, like you said, the storage units and, and trailers and this billion dollar industry for storage. Yeah. What does every kitchen have? Uh, cabinets. <laughs> What's inside one of them cabinets? A bunch of glassware that you don't need. Junk, junk drawer. Oh, uh, yeah. Junk drawer. Yeah. Right. You, oh, you, go to the, you go to the fair and they hand you a koozie and you're like, oh, free koozie. And you uh. take it and then you go home and you throw it in the junk drawer. Next yep, thing you know, charged. you pull the junk drawer open. All the like springy things fall out of it. There's 42 koozies in there from yeah. poor Paul's pool hall that you don't even know who it is. <laughs> but you got it. It was free. It was so cool. And now it's stuffed in the junk drawer. Every kitchen has a freaking junk drawer. And you know, it's funny because this is how I justify mine. I use it as my supplement drawer. See? Yeah. See? Ugh. 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 When you the live truth. in a bus, I trust me, when you live in a bus, you can still have crap with you. Like yeah. we're literally, I'm literally selling stuff right now that we had in the bus with us. Like mm -hmm. I, if, when I get in the bus next time, I'm truly going to be a minimalist. Ugh. Can you please vlog your travels on YouTube? Dude, we did we we, we had an did entire you? channel yeah um so we did 210 videos i would i would bet that you've seen one of them we did the entire bus build we did everything what uh, yeah so when we went to go on tour last year we were going to start it up again we took like the year off that we were in utah with the coronavirus right and we made one video at an event called schoolie palooza okay. and it has 200 and some thousand views. Yeah. Um, and so we had started making money off of YouTube. And when I say making money, I'm talking literally like $120 every three months. Not yeah. downgrading it. I'm just saying like, we it, this wasn't like some, we're going to live off of this. Right, right, right. So the problem was because we hadn't made a video for like a year, YouTube blamed us for texting our friends and getting them to watch that video so that our credits would continue and we would continue to get paid. Well, because it was such a quality video and 200,000 people had, had watched it, right. they thought that we were like telling people to go watch it because we weren't making videos anymore. And so literally like two weeks before we got to go back in the bus and do the tour, they took our channel from us. We, <gasps> we can't, we can't, we can continue to make videos but we're, they took our AdSense and all that away from us. Oh my gosh. YouTube yeah. so is we can, a like, funny place. Yeah, and, and it's okay. Like, it, honestly, like, it, was, it wouldn't have been good for us on tour. Like, we just right. didn't have the time for it and stuff. Yeah. But yes, so, so we did the entire bus builds on our YouTube channel. Everything's up. Like, yeah, like, oh. we have like 200 and some videos on there. 
Oh my gosh. Wow. That's amazing. I, yeah, <laughs> that that's incredible. Um, so that brings me to one question, bucket list travel place. If you could go somewhere tomorrow and that would be the only place you could go for the rest of your life, where would it be? Man, probably like Croatia. Yeah. Yeah. Croatia is beautiful. Like oh, ocean. Yeah. 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 I, I would say Croatia right now. Only because okay. I like that was the first thing Tanya always asked me to like if we could leave right now and go somewhere like I'm sure it's I'm sure it's fairly cheap there I'm sure it's like you know what I'm saying but like Croatia maybe India I know yeah. India is like super beautiful tons yes. of energy there yes um, but it would definitely be another country I've yeah. I've been to like 36 of the 50 states here yeah so and obviously like I haven't seen all of them but I've seen a good, good for, you know, I've right. seen both sides of the ocean. We've been to Mexico yeah. a couple of times. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I would definitely go to another country. Not because I don't love the United States, right. but because th there's something out there that I haven't seen. Yes. Yeah. And that's yeah. the reason why people travel. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this has been amazing. I could literally go on for the next four hours, but people I know get we tired to... of us. I know. <laughs> 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 I don't think they would have you, but they would definitely get tired of me. <laughs> I'll quit it. So I noticed that you always end your Facebook posts with the phrase spread love, never settle. Yeah. So I definitely want to end this podcast on that note too. But before we do, how can people find you? How can people connect with you? Do you have a website? Um, I, we don't really have a website. We've built so many websites and moved and <laughs> done different things. Like the easiest way is, is either through Facebook or Instagram. Okay. Um, I think on Facebook, I'm the Dustin Johnson and on Instagram, it's Dustin G Johnson. Okay. There's a, there's a pro golfer with the name Dustin Johnson. So it's hard to uh, <laughs> gain edge rank with that guy. Um, and so, but yeah, th those are the two easiest ways. And you found out, like, if you message me, I'm down to, to conversate. I'm down to have deep conversations. Mm -hmm. Just know that I want to talk deeply, though. Yeah, none of, the, none of yeah. that surface crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't got time for that. Yes, good. I don't think anybody should. I think you're right. Yeah, so. for sure. Ugh, Dustin, I, I'm literally going to walk out of this room. I feel like a changed person. That's awesome. I'm happy yeah. to hear that. Yeah. So yeah. I cannot thank you enough for being on my podcast. I For like, sure. Thanks for having me. I feel like I am not worthy. <laughs> oh, quit it. So quit it. Uh, I will continue to follow you. Let's keep up, you know, with each other and conversate Absolutely. and and communicate. Like for really sure. Communicate. So yeah, thank yeah. you. Thank you for being on. And thank you so much to all of our listeners for tuning in. Stay tuned for next week when we have another amazing guest. Thank you. Uh.